Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. Joining us this week is Bob Dahlstrom. He is the CEO of Apelix Robotics. Hey, Bob, how's it going? Hey, hey, good morning. It's going very well. Thank you. Things are flying right along. Oh, there we go. So oh, pun, pun intended. That's where we're going today, huh? Intended, yeah. Dad so if, you're, <laughs> if, if you're not familiar with Apelix, they do uh, drones and they are using drones in the industrial coatings industry to do many things. But I am going to actually pass this over to Paul because you guys are on a AMP committee together. So Paul, take it over. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Jack. So I met Bob, well, we've probably met a couple of times in previous committees, but this one that we're on is we're talking about doing drone inspections, and it's part of one of the new processes that that just came together as AMP was the joining of NACE and SSPC. This was one of the new committees that were formed as we're putting together a paper and working a lot with Bob as we've been putting this together. I've realized you've listened to, to Jack and I before, if it's techy or geeky or any possibility, we're going to pay attention to it. We're going to want to see what's going on. I'm one of the people who sits back casually on the committee. Bob is one of the informed participants who actually helps steer and guide what we're doing. Has a lot of great information. Bob, why don't you tell us a little bit about Apelix and what it is that you do? Well, sure. Thanks, Paul. We make aerial robotic systems that are, are fighting in the war against rust and corrosion. Those are everything from the products we have in the market now, which fly up to structures and make physical contact with them to take measurements such as dry film thickness for the coating thickness or ultrasonic thickness measurement for wall thickness measurements to our newest product which is coming out which does some limited surface prep we actually came back from a week of field testing on 150 foot elevated water towers in the northeast where we were pressure washing those and cleaning those so a little bit of surface prep there as we move to higher uh, pressures so that we can prepare a surface for painting, which is the next product line, which we have coming out in 2022, which will be a computer controlled aerial robotic tethered drone for, for coating. So the whole gamut of corrosion management from measuring the thickness of paint to prepping a surface to paint, and then to actually painting a surface all with aerial robotic systems. And one of the great things, and we've talked about it in the committee is this is allowing access into areas with much less risk to people. Because as we've talked about, in a lot of cases, the instruments, the tools, the process that we're doing are still the same process. It's just a different device or a different structure or object is holding the working tool, whether that be a dry film thickness gauge or a pressure washer or a paint sprayer. Those parts are still going to be relatively the same. It's just a different hand now. That's great to see the new, as you continue working through with surface prep and with paint application, that's going to be a great safety-related, time-saving step. Yeah, we hope so. One of the things we say is that drones don't breathe oxygen and they don't get cancer. Also, if a drone falls, it breaks. It's not a big deal. If a person falls, on the other hand, that's catastrophic. The right tool for the right job is always important. But if you are using these tools to do something like dry film thickness at elevation, they bring a lot of benefits, not only the safety benefits, but also the speed because they're highly motile and they're able to move from location to location on complex geometries very easily compared to a lift or a crane or rappelling down with a rope. There are some efficiency gains there. And then of course, 
I like to say drones are flying computers. And if you're a flying computer, you're a data gathering machine. So while you're doing the DFT measurements with the drone, it can be collecting other information and other data, just exactly like what we're talking about with this inspection coatings with remotely operated systems, SC21515 that we're both on at AMP. That's right. And I guess one of the questions that we get a lot from people whenever we move into a new technology is you're going to be taking jobs away from people. And I know one of the things we've talked about is the team that goes along with these aerial robotic inspection devices. Can you tell us a little bit about how many people you bring with you to a crew or when you're doing an inspection and how you go about it? Yeah, one thing to think of is this is just, in essence, a more sophisticated handheld electronic measurement device. You still have to have the person that's knowledgeable about corrosion holding that DFT probe against the surface to get the measurement. The drone is now doing that part of it, but you still have to have somebody that can understand that data. So the way we work with our systems is right now, we typically have two people go out when they're taking DFT measurements. That's the pilot, because in the United States, you have to have a certified FAA 107 licensed pilot to fly drones commercially. So we've got the commercial drone operator, but we've actually made their job really simple because the software is flying the drone. They just put it up into position and they hit a button. And at that point, they're just there for safety purposes to you know, take the drone or to move the drone around to another location. So they're not doing the precision flight, the onboard computer is doing that. And then in addition to that, that data is streaming live. Whatever device we've got on there, whether it's a Defelsco or Olympus or Fisher technology measurement device, that data is also streaming live to the tablet of the people on the ground so that they can look at that information and say, oh, that millage looks suspect, go back in there and take another reading, or wow, we put on way too much paint there, that's pretty thick. Anything from that to the fact that once the drone lands, you can take out that SD card with the high resolution of the video and look through that and say, okay, here's where corrosion is. One thing I did want to ask, because you answered that question about the computer does most of the flying for the pilot, is that set up per SSBCPA2 standard measurements and, and distances and things like that when you go to take the film thickness readings? It, it is. It's compliant with SSPCPA2. We've done multiple studies and we've had a number of our customers do validations where we've done in the early days, we went out and we had the robot take a bunch of readings, a NACE engineer take a bunch of readings and then uh, a non-engineer take a bunch of readings. And basically there was statistically no difference between the reading. That was one of the earliest publications we did with SSPC and doing the PA2 standard. And then what we've done is because it's computer controlled, over time we've added more and more augmentation to it. So initially the pilot had to push the button, it would go in, take a single reading, back up, hover and wait for the pilot to send it to the next location. We haven't implemented a SSPC PA2 regiment yet, but what we have done is we've automated for one of our customers a routine where it goes in, takes a measurement, and the way they take their corrosion monitoring location measurements is straight up the side of an asset. So our system goes in at the bottom, takes a measurement, and then automatically goes up one foot all the way to the top of the asset taking measurements. From there, because it is software controlled, it shouldn't be too much difficult to do SSPC PA2, but again, it's gonna depend on the surface. Is it the side of a maritime asset? So it's a big flat surface in essence, or is it an above ground storage tank? Or is it a flare stack? Those are gonna require different locations where you take the PA2 readings. 
Some people also, because the way these assets may be assembled, like an above ground storage tank, if it's a 16 foot by eight foot sheet of metal that's welded around into circles, they may want 10 random readings on that plate. Others may say, give me four readings from each of the four corners and one reading in the middle. SSPCPA2 has a lot of variability in where you take those measurements within your 10 foot by 10 foot grid as you pr progress through that. So uh, part of that is at the discretion of the operator and the person that's telling the drone operator where to fly and what to do and how many measurements to take. I was going to say your description of going up the side probably fits within its variability. It's just not necessarily how we think about it because we always think about it in terms of here's this square and you got to hit the five regions and things like that. It, it's really pretty vague about as long as you get these readings within the first thousand square feet, I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then so many people are moving toward risk-based inspections anyhow, because this is so fast, right? With DFT, we can easily get maybe a hundred or even 200 measurements per hour on an elevated surface if it's flat and in good condition. And, and so because of that, you could grab a lot more than what's required by SSPCPA2, mm -hmm. blanket the entire structure with a bunch of readings and have a statistically more valid model of what that coding looks like and where the potential thin spots or thick spots might be. And one of the things that I always thought was interesting as you've been going through these is the teams that you have doing live monitoring while they're doing it, that you still have inspectors inspecting it, engineers watching it, the amount of people that are still involved to be able to say, yes, we're still getting good results. And here's an area that I want you to go back and look at and to be able to go back right then is so much faster than whether you're hanging off swing staging or you're building scaffolding, somebody going up and down, that ability to be able to on the spot, be able to say, nope, go back and give me more there or investigate this area a little bit better has just been an absolute blessing in the amount of additional information we're able to get. That's one of the strengths of these things because they are data gathering machines. While it's taking readings, you can say, oh, that looks suspicious. Take a whole bunch of readings in that area, that general area, or everything looks really good here. Let's just go on to the next area. And then it's all digitally recorded. So you have an auditable record and data trail. And that also is beneficial because you're not having to take data and then enter it into some system or platform. So the other thing is these systems also have an API application programming interface on them. And we've written some code so that uh, you can suck the data live directly into various programs. Some of the systems we've integrated with are the asset maintenance service company program, software programs, it just pulls the data right in live. So you don't have to do any sorts of data transfer. And then of course, because it is digital record, it all goes up onto a secure website where there's a portal and you can look at the data and make charts and graphs and download it as an Excel spreadsheet and all that type of stuff. That sounds like a computer programmer's dream. Let me make more spreadsheets. You've done a lot of work. It seems like when it comes to inspection, but it, it seems like you're moving into application and, and that definitely has to bring some different challenges with the surface prep with the application of material what kind of learning curve have you had and adjustments have you had to make from building these drones to do dft measurements to now pressure washing and applying material that's a very great question because we started out with the idea of a spray painting drone first and that's okay. going to be the last thing that gets to market <laughs> because it's the most complicated. So we knew nothing about DFT. We're a bunch of roboticists and software geeks. And 
we did a one-page website. We put our heads down into development. We did a press release. And all of a sudden, we got a call from a union paint shop for a company that uh, builds the uh, destroyers for the U.S. and uh, the aircraft carriers for the U.S. Navy. So we go out and we're talking to them. And uh, we quickly realized how complex the protective coatings are, especially on maritime assets. And so we're like, whew, that's going to be a long time before we get there. And on our way out the door, we said, what's one of your pain points? Actually, it's the QA process. We have to wait on the QA reviewers, the team to come take DFT readings, and it can take a week or two to take the readings. And by the way, they put on five layers of paint on each new ship. So that's five times, wait a week or two on the QA team to take, come take 2,000 DFT measurements on these ships. And they're in a coastal environment where they had limited opportunity to paint. This is really a scheduling issue as well as the pain of having to wait on the QA team. So we're like, oh, that's easy. We'll just change our precision flight control to be able to make physical contact with the structure and take some measurements, which is what we did. And the reason is because we knew we'd be able to do that and get that to market before we got the spray painting drone to market. The commonality is it's using that same precision flight control. It's using the same aircraft frame. The difference would be the dry film thickness drone. It's what's called an X4 configuration. So there are four motors on it. It's got about 55 pounds of lift. The spray painting drone and the pressure washing drone, that's what's called an X8 configuration. So they're, they're four arms, but they're eight motors. And that has 120 pounds of lift. And that is always carrying a tether. So there's a material transfer component, and then there's the power component. Uh, for dry film thickness, the power component for the tether is optional, and we frequently don't use it. It's very seldomly used because most of the time, 20 minutes of flight with the battery gets you 100 readings, and you just land, swap batteries, and you get back up in the air and take some. And the disadvantage of dragging the tether around is the potential that it can snag on something. And it can slow you down. A lot of the development that's gone into the precision flight control to enable the software to make physical contact with structure is that exact same flight control we're using to keep the drone the right distance from the wall when it's spraying to clean and or spraying to paint. But our goal and we're, what, we've, what we've hit so far with some of our development on the spray painting drone is we're able to lay down a continuous coating again and again at the same millage thickness plus or minus uh, a couple mils, depending on the material. So we're already better than a human there, but we're worse than a human in other areas. So there's, those are the parts that we're still working on before that was ready. Just as long as you put off switches on that thing. So when Skynet comes in, <laughs> that's the very important thing. Anybody that talked to robotics, are there off switches? We've got to have the off switches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think I learned a lot today. Bob, thank you very much for coming on. There's a lot going on. Technology is constantly evolving. And, and who would have thought 10 years ago, if you would have told me we were using drones for QA and in the industrial coding world, I probably would have laughed at you. So it's, it's a crazy world that we live in with the development of technology. Industrial coatings, we're very old school. And mm -hmm. I like to see the marriage of some newer line thinking and technology and the old school um, way of doing things. Well, and it's super fun and fantastic to be involved in the coatings industry. Personally, I've just had a lot of satisfaction and enjoyment out of it. But as you mentioned too, the average age of somebody in the coatings industry yeah. is 55 or 56. And a lot of people are getting to retirement age. And there's a problem getting people to come into this industry. So 
having a more uh, modern approach to how things are done with robots and drones and technology and computers, I think will help us bring in the talent that's needed to propel us forward. Because just looking at what needs to be done now, there's a shortage of labor. Add to it everything that needs to be taken care of that's backlogged in inventory that has been neglected for years. And there's going to be an even larger shortage of knowledge. So if anything, I don't think these robotic systems are going to take jobs away. They're going to create jobs. They're going to bring in more people. They're going to you know, they still require the operators. It's just going to be a different skill set. Uh, they still require the <clears throat> NACE and AMP engineers and SSPC engineers to make sense of all that data. It's just the drone now is able to do that dull, dirty, dangerous stuff and allow the, uh, the people to do the stuff that brings the highest value, which is interpret that data and figure things out and figure out how to do the job in the best way. Yep. I know my kid would want no part of being an applicator in any sort, but if I told him he could do it with a joystick, it might be a whole different game. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for joining us, Bob. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. I appreciate it. And we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. And so... For the Carbaline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd like to thank you for your support. Who put the line in Carbaline? Who put the line in Carbaline? No matter where I go, they don't know what I mean. I say Carbaline.